Welcome to the Misty Bloom Book Club. guys this is ada how are you doing i hope you're taking good care of yourself and doing well thank you thank you thank you for your listenership it means a lot if you're not a member already you can support this podcast by becoming a member of the misty bloom book club the perks of membership are awesome go to mistybloom.com for details if membership is not your thing you can show some love by leaving me a generous tip in the tip jar okay so we've been on this mini world tour this season and we're headed back to the United States. So the novel we're going to be discussing in this episode travels through Oberlin, Ohio, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Brooklyn, New York, which I have a soft spot for. Some of my novel, Oyubo, is set in Brooklyn. And so without further ado, in this episode, I'm going to be reviewing... Red at the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson. You guys ready? Let's jump right in. So I've seen Jacqueline Woodson featured in publishing news, and I've only read great things about her talent, and so I'd always wanted to read her work. So when this came across my desk, I was like, perfect. And you guys know how much I love fiction and just being able to transport myself into another world, put on the skin of a different character, and I thought this would be amazing, you know, to get to live inside the skin of a person who identifies as a red bone. I was up for it. But for my international listeners who are not American and may not be familiar, with what a red bone is. A red bone is a label that originates from Louisiana. It's a Cajun term for a lighter-skinned black woman who has red undertones in their complexion and probably hair color too. So I was looking forward to reading a novel about a character negotiating a red bone identity or something like it. I don't know anyone in real life who openly identifies as a red bone, so I was curious and excited to see this play out in fiction. But if you're like me and that is your expectation for the Selecting this novel, you'll be very disappointed. This novel has nothing at all to do with red bones. <laughs> <laughs> Fooled you. So here's what the novel is about. Red of the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson is a fairly short, easy-to-read novel of just under 200 pages and follows the story of how a teenage pregnancy brings two African-American families together. Iris and Aubrey are 15 and 16 and are dating to the disappointment of Iris's middle-class Cosby-esque parents po' boy and Sabe, stay with me. Iris gets pregnant and has a baby, Melody. Aubrey moves in with Iris's family to care for baby Melody and be with Iris, you know, form their little family. Aubrey comes from a poorer background. His mom is a near white, that's how she's described in the novel, intelligent single mom who the novel alludes to doing sex work and lives on welfare in a cockroach infested apartment. So the premise of this novel is that Iris is pregnant brings Aubrey's family and Iris's family together. Are you guys still with me? <laughs> the opening chapter starts with Melody, Iris and Aubrey's child's coming-of-age party at 16 years old, the same pivotal age as when her mother had her. So I guess 
kind of like a quinceañera, bat mitzvah type party. And the novel flows out from there with each of these characters that I talked about previously getting a chapter or more to tell their side of the story. And for us as readers to get to know them and also to get to see them from another character's point of view, if that makes sense. So we get to meet Melody, Iris, Aubrey, Po'boy, and Sabe. Aubrey's mom does not get her own chapter, but we get to know her through the eyes of Aubrey and Iris. So as usual, let's start with what I enjoyed about Red at the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson. And just a quick reminder, if you haven't signed up for my email list, you should. It's pretty lit. Go to mistybloom.com to sign up. Okay, so I'll start by saying Jacqueline Woodson's writing is stunning. It's lyrical and beautiful. If you are the type of reader that loves artistry and pages of lush, gorgeous prose, in the same way one might put on headphones and, you know, close their eyes to immerse themselves themselves into a gorgeous piece of music or go watch an art house movie in a darkened theater with an intentional singularity of steeping yourself in artsy pleasure this novel is for you i'll read you a few examples this, the corset wearing, the garters, the silk stockings, was as old as the house my father and I shared with my grandparents. This ritual of marking class and time in transition stumbled back into the days of cotillions, then morphed and morphed again until it was this, some forgotten ancestor's gartered corset, and a new pair of silk stockings, delicate as dust. Told you it was good. Here's another. Her hands scraped and bleeding from failing to stop her fall, pants torn at the knee, a small crowd gathering, but his mother trying to rise and scatter them, her embarrassment clear as pain. Okay, one more. <laughs> Who was this now, descending the stairs, this child he made and raised and loved? God, how he loved every single cell dividing. Just the absolute drop-dead gorgeous writing. If you appreciate word artistry, read this novel. Another aspect to the beauty of Jacqueline Woodson's writing you may have picked up on from the examples I just read to you is that the writing is not only beautiful to look at, it also engages the senses in a way that feels sensual and incredibly tactile. My sense of touch was activated with reading Red at the Bone. No small feat, you guys. Something else I thought was impressive is that for a fairly short novel, Jacqueline Woodson managed to pack in a lot of story and a number of characters into Red at the Bone. The novel is intergenerational, deals with race and class within the African-American subculture, and yet the novel never felt cluttered or crammed in with too much. I felt like I could come up for air. Jacqueline Woodson's ability to quickly sketch out fully formed characters and pace out their stories is nothing short of virtuosic. Finally, something I loved about Red at the Bone is that Jacqueline Woodson writes about American blackness simply from the inside out. There isn't that other looming white gaze at American blackness, and I enjoyed that. The novel is very firm and sure and certain and clear about where its storytelling boundaries lie. This inside-out point of view that Jacqueline Woodson employed in Red of the Bone was kind of reminiscent of the movie Love Jones. Love that movie. The movie and this novel are not similar at all in terms of characters or plot, but the similarity for me, at least, is in that insular glimpse into a middle-class intellectual renaissance-type blackness. You get what I'm saying? If you still don't, go listen to the Tony Rich Project album and you'll get the vibes. <laughs> so that's what I liked about Red of the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson. So now let's flip it and reverse it. 
And let me tell you what I didn't like quite as much about Red at the Bone. I think the first thing which I mentioned already is that I was disappointed that Red at the Bone was not about a red bone. But I kind of got over that pretty quickly. It wasn't a deal breaker and that big of an issue to keep me from continuing to read. There was enough about other issues of class and African American blackness to focus on and beautiful, beautiful prose that refused to let me dwell on my perceived losses. <laughs> and speaking of beautiful prose, I must say that while this novel is gorgeously written from start to finish, it falls squarely into that number one criticism that literary fiction always gets. Yeah, yeah, lots of beautiful writing, but without any real plot and thus ends up feeling a little bit pretentious. Like the novel is just an excuse to show off your pretty prose. It kind of reminded me of that viral Aretha Franklin interview where she's asked about Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Okay, great, uh, great gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> Red at the Bone is a beautiful gown. And speaking of pretension, I'm going to read you some metaphors that are pretty and poetic, but man, I'm not going to lie, there is some magniloquence in this novel that made me cringe. Check these out. But now I knew there were so many ways to get hung from a cross. A mother's love for you morphing into something incomprehensible. A dress ghosted in another generation's dreams. The history of fire and ash and lost legacy. Here is another one. And just for your information, this is supposed to be a child thinking this thought. He didn't tell the women that he'd been born into a midwife's palms, alone as breath itself, that in this new place he felt himself becoming a dust. Come on, rolling my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so moving along, sure, there's a storyline we're following, which I sketched out earlier, starting with Melody's debutante party, and then going back in time to the revelation of Melody as a result of a teenage pregnancy. Melody's mother, Iris, coming from a fairly affluent Black background, her ambitious parents, Sabe and Poboy, who are intent on creating and maintaining generational wealth. On the other hand, Melody's father, Aubrey, is from the projects and is raised by a near white looking a single mother on welfare but in my opinion the novel very loosely pursues these storylines i didn't feel like a plot was the point of the novel the plot was thin kind of aimless lacking much substance and the writing felt like a jeweled necklace holding this barely there story together another reason i felt the plot was not the point of the novel was because this novel is intergenerational right and there are all these characters who get a chapter so there were many reasons to write a full or a novel or even stretch it out into a saga longer than what it is because it's really only slightly a little more than a novella. Like if we're going to be introduced to all these people, why only briefly though? Honestly, the reason I kept reading was not because of the gorgeous writing because all the gorgeous writing in the world cannot hide the fact that the plot is barely there. I kept reading because there wasn't a lot of novel to read. Red of the Bone is just under 200 pages. I was like, it's going to be over soon anyway, so might as well just keep going. So for any writers who are listening, if you're working on a novel in progress, please be aware of managing both the quality of your prose and that of your plot and not sacrificing plot for prose or vice versa, okay? And for any readers, if you're looking for a novel that gives you both stunning prose and is plot heavy and doesn't sacrifice one for the other, check out my novel Oibo spelled O-Y-I-B-O, exclusively available on Amazon, where you can also read a free excerpt. Moving along, in Ask 
aspect to Red of the Bone that I found to be rather annoying is that it started out as very confusing. Right out the gate in the first scene, the first chapter, I had no idea which character was what, what was going on or who was speaking to whom. It was frustrating. You know, typically when a character is speaking, you establish their voice. For example, bear with me. I'm just going to make up a quick random example. Um, when Jane, the fidgety receptionist, walked into the room, she announced, Dr. Roger is ready to see Brandon now. Brandon just left the room. He went to help the delivery man with some packages. A lively-eyed woman responded from across the waiting area. He'll be right back. I'm his wife, she explained. So in this scene I've just randomly created for you, you get a crystal clear sense of who's speaking and straight up who the characters are. In the first chapter of Red of the Bone, you don't get this. What you get are portions of the text that are italicized. And because they were only italicized and not in quotation marks, I thought they were thoughts. But then I quickly realized it was supposed to be speech, but then it was not attributed to a person. So what you're not getting is blah 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 said Melody or blah 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 Iris replied. So it was confusing and I didn't like starting on this ambiguous note, especially when you're meeting the characters for the first time. It felt like walking into a dark room full of strangers talking. It'd be understandable if Jacqueline Woodson had done this in the middle of the novel, after we've come to know the characters and are able to recognize them by voice. I say voice in quotation marks because you can't really hear them, unless you listen to an audiobook, of course. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the deal. You know, the italicizing of speech is Jacqueline Woodson's artistic choice, and I get it, and I respect it. But what I'm unable to comprehend is why would any writer want to leave the reader in the dark when it's not a mystery whodunit novel? Like, I don't get that. It is possible to balance both distinctive artistic choices with clarity. I don't see why one has to be sacrificed for the other. It is possible for your writing to be beautiful and also not stagnate your story. It's just like pretty cookware. There's no reason to have decorative pots and pans that you can't cook with. Get you a set that does both. Look at smeg refrigerators. They're easy on the eyes, but they also preserve your food. Hello? Balance. Um, guys, remember I said this novel is supposed to be the story of two families coming together, and that is how the novel styles itself, but that's a stretch. Because what is really explored is Melody's maternal line. So we get chapters on Melody and then on Melody's mom, Iris, who goes up to college, has her typical college experiences. Iris's mother, Sade, gets a chapter or two, and Iris's father, Po'boy, gets a chapter or two. However, on Melody paternal side. We only get Aubrey. We learn about the near white looking grandmother, Kathy Marie, through Aubrey, and then at some point through Iris. We never hear directly from her. Kathy Marie never gets her own chapter, so it kind of goes back to what I said about Red at the Bone being plot light. This novel is really mostly about Iris, and I wish Red at the Bone had just owned this and stayed there. I think it would have made for a much better novel, because I honestly felt like Jacqueline Woodson didn't quite know what to do with Aubrey and his mother. And because I feel like there's going to be someone who asks me about which character I liked the most, I'm going to go ahead and say Aubrey. The other characters, Melody, Po'boy, and Save, were for I didn't find Iris likable, but I don't think all characters ought to be likable. They should just be memorable. That's it. That's my rule. So I believe that's it for what I didn't like as much about Red at the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson. And now is a great time for you to leave a comment. Like this episode, be sure to subscribe to the Misty Bloom Book Club podcast so you can get future alerts for upcoming episodes. And now that you've done all of that, let's turn to guessing who Jacqueline Woodson is like as a human. So here's the vibe that I got. 
I feel like Jacqueline Woodson is like one of those people who bought a rundown brown stone and fixed it up to an eclectic bohemian paradise filled with bold art that inspires her. You guys get the vibe? Anyway, that's what I got. <laughs> so if you know Jacqueline Woodson, let me know if I hit it out of the park or missed the mark. Final thoughts. Overall, I found this novel to be interesting in the way people use the word interesting. <laughs> As you can see, I had mixed feelings, but I want to know what you thought of Red of the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson. Thank you for hanging out with me on this episode of the Misty Bloom Book Club. Don't forget to like, share, leave a comment, and subscribe. To find me on social media or to contact me for sponsorship opportunities, or if you'd like to become a member of the Misty Bloom Book Club and enjoy all of those wonderful perks, go to www.mistybloom.com for all of my information. Be sure to check out my novel, Oibo, spelled O-Y-I-B-O, exclusively available on Amazon. Until next time, keep reading, stay lit, peace and love. 